The ICO Alert Roundtable podcast is a casual discussion between members of the ICO Alert team. At no point is anything said in this podcast to be construed as legal, tax, financial, or investment advice. For sake of transparency, members of this week's episode own the following cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, EOS, Tron, NEO, and GAS. Record scratch. DJ Irv. Christmas shit bag giveaway. That'd be a sick DJ name, bro. What what is this bag you're talking about? So, for all of our fans out there, welcome back to this episode of the Roundtable, episode number 26, man. Damn, we've been doing this a while. We've been going crazy out here. Uh huh. You've been, Chris, doing a great, you've been doing a great job. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You too. Yeah. So uh, we've got this Christmas shitcoin giveaway grab bag extravaganza. I totally made it up off the top of my head last week or the week before. And all of a sudden, we've got an Ethereum address. Mm. If you look on the Etherscan address mm. that's in our Telegram group, you have to join our Telegram. It's The value of this uh, Ethereum grab bag is up over $130. And I'm going to put this up on the screen, but we've got some pretty sick tokens going on in here. Let me just name a few of them. Can ICO Alert members win this grab bag? I would say no. Okay, yeah. I yeah, we'll keep, them, we'll keep them separate. We'll do some sort of random drawing at the end of your extravaganza. It's two weeks from today, so it'll be 13 days from when you see this, because we mm. record the night before. Mm. Um, right now, we've got ERC20 PATH. I, we didn't know what PATH was. Apparently, one of our uh, roundtablers in the telegram made this coin himself it's uh pumped as fuck or Ooh. pumped af yeah that, i mean that's called moon right that's there. sick and we have a billion of them wow can you imagine if that goes to one dollar how rich you'd be you'd have a billion dollars if i had a billion dollars would we be still be doing the round table we'd be doing it from a th- chamber of gold <laughs> <laughs> i'd be sitting on a gold toilet exactly talking about this yeah with just a like a, one of those bidets just constantly squirting mm. champagne in your ass never tried a bidet <laughs> well you should man they feel good what anyway else we got, what else we we got, got? Uh, original crypto coin that's from pk mm. uh c polo that's from uh the the young boy over there young young man young, young man himself connor yeah, alexander young connor alexander that's that's probably the majority of the value of this yeah. bag so uh, it's got it's got some volume too. I'm not saying it's a lot. It's like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a day. But, <laughs> right. I mean that's 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 solid. Um, and you know what's funny? As I view this, the value has actually gone down a lot. Mm. So I said it was over a hundred dollars in the notes that I made an hour ago. One hundred and fifty, you said, didn't you? <laughs> and it's already gone down to ninety-seven dollars. <laughs> so hurry up and get ready. Get hurry up and liquidate your shitcoin bag if you win it in the next two weeks. Um, but keep an eye on that. We've also, another big announcement here for the roundtable is we have actually started an EOS bag uh, by mm. popular request. Mm. The bag name is going to be Santa's Big Bag because, uh, you know, Santa, I think, has a pretty big bag and we all want to get a piece of Santa's bag around the holidays. Yeah, obviously. Santa's shitcoin bag is is definitely pretty full, as we can see. So I think everyone should be excited to win, yeah. especially the horse. God, I mean, who who donated 5,000 horse? That guy's a, a maniac, a, a man. A saint. Like, who would part with that much <laughs> potential riches? <laughs> just in the spirit of holiday giving, you know, that's what we're all about yeah. at the round table. We just, we want to have a good time. We want to give out gifts. So there's going to be two gift bags so far. One is going to be ERC-20 tokens. The other one's going to be EOS-based. And we might do a third based on Tron tokens. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm excited for that, man. This is like the first... It, well, I love that finally we got some crossfire action from the Everything EOS Telegram. Yeah. Because those guys started a podcast or started a uh, Telegram group after we started ours. Right. And thought it was an original idea. Well, guess what? It's not. We were here first. We started this. Although the, their Telegram group does have at least, they they 4X'd our Telegram group in like one hour. <laughs> it's all right. It's the quality, not the quantity. Right, right. And we appreciate everybody in our Telegram group. I'll put the link down in the YouTube description. You guys can go there below. It's still an exclusive group. And here's the thing. You can join the Everything EOS Telegram group and ours at the same time, but you can win ERC-20 tokens and EOS tokens in ours. Yep. I don't think Everything EOS is doing that. They're not doing that. They... And with, yeah. And with only about 43 members, 
you've got a great chance of winning, mm-hmm. especially with. I mean, I think four or five of the members are ICO Alert guys, so they're they're cut. Yeah, that's like that's getting down to some good numbers there. Yeah, good ratio. So yeah, I mean, I don't see them doing that. We're doing that. We love our community. I think everybody knows that. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, we we knight people. We give them nicknames. Yeah, we stopped that knighting thing. We did. One guy's been knighted. I, yeah, I don't even know who he is. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't contributed ever since. He must not have liked it. <laughs> He's like, these guys are weird. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, anyway, let's move into uh, some post-housekeeping type stuff. Keep a lookout for those uh, grab bags that we're going to be giving away mm. in precisely 13 days. You can get, like, one of those little calendars where you rip off the sticker and there's a piece of chocolate in it. But mm. every every day will be a, a little ERC-20 gift nice. from us to you. Uh, Q, you wanted to talk about crypto dividend. What's that all about? Crypto dividend, uh, this obviously has to do with the da- the gambling dApps. Obviously, people are paying, playing these dApps not as gamers. I mean, some people are, uh, but most people are playing it to mine the token. And right, because crypt- let's be honest, it's not a whole lot of fun to sit around and just roll digital dice. No, it's not. It's We're <laughs> definitely at the first iteration of blockchain games. It's I would like, say so. It's like worse than Pong, to be honest. Like At least Pong has some... like moving features here that I I could be entertained with. Uh, But anyways, Crypto Dividend, uh, I found it in some Telegram chat. I think it was Big Game, uh, another dice game. Uh, And the admin actually posted the actual URL. But basically what Crypto Dividend is, exactly what the namesake says it it is, is it shows, I think they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have seven listed companies here. Uh, and they show the actual daily and monthly ROIs based on the exchange price, the mining price. They have a whole spreadsheet here. Uh, the guy does some calculations, so you can actually see it. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's in beta. Uh, again, not investment advice, but it's really cool to see the dividends, that the percentage monthly ROIs based on you know uh, everything that he puts in that spreadsheet. So, And some of those have big ROIs. It looks like a uh, big game. 41% ROI. That's impressive. Yeah, big game in EOS Jacks. Uh, again, I, I would love to... Uh, t- I'm going to talk with the guy who actually made the website because uh, he's pretty accessible. There's a Telegram group that we'll throw into the description uh, and we can ask him you know, more about how how he deciphers the daily ROI, yeah, monthly ROI. Yeah, that could but, be a good guest on the on the podcast. Yeah, that would be. Maybe a can, short little interview. Yep, I love that. And one, of the, one of the cool things here that he says is that uh, it's like a little nugget is that he lists these as security tokens. Mm. So, which, Well, it is. I mean, yep. if you're, you're buying into something and getting the dividend, mm-hmm. and just to explain for anyone that's a little bit confused what we're talking about, why these are being listed, because you're th- maybe you're looking at it and saying, how is their ROI on a game? For mm. a lot of these games, you earn tokens one-to-one for wagering on them, and you can do really low-risk wagers as a way to essentially mine the in-game token. Mm. And then those in-game tokens uh, pay out dividends depending on how much profit the actual game is making. So this little chart here on Crypto Dividend is showing you what's the best ROI on that. And I'm sure that it moves around depending on how this guy kind of put this formula together. Mm-hmm. But if you if you take a look at this and you're into, you know, maybe you've got your scatter set up and you've been playing some of these dice games uh, and you've been mining the token looking for a dividend from that, uh, then, you know, you can use this potentially as a tool to see what's going to get you the best ROI. Of course, never investment advice mm. uh, on the, the round table. Never, ever. I know the SEC is coming down hard on... Um, the influencers. Did you see that news? Uh, I saw McAfee kind of beaten back. He said the way to get the SEC off you is to file with the FBI. Jeez, that's intense. Yeah, uh, I did see that, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. But yeah, but. I, I imagine the SEC is going to be looking into influencers who aren't disclosing that they're getting paid for certain things, or they're mm. you know uh, just blatantly misleading people. We always try to make it very clear that we're not giving investment advice. We just want to give you guys up-to-date information kind of just have a, a cool conversation here so just you know try not to get arrested by the sec before christmas here bud yeah and don't uh, rat us out if if you do yeah, it's getting hot in here <laughs> should get the ac fixed but yeah that's pretty much crypto dividend uh give it a, give it a, a a look we're gonna have that link in the telegram group i think it's already in the telegram group but we're definitely gonna have it in the description of our youtube uh episode so yeah give it a give it a look if you guys have any of these gambling dapps uh, that you want us to talk about specifically, let us know because you know we're really inter- interested in that stuff. So yeah, let us know. 
All right, very cool. I think that brings us up to our next segment, which is everybody's favorite segment. Mm. What is it? We got another episode, including... Good Tron. Bad Tron. Boom. Who do you think is going to win this week? Give us your early market prediction. Well, well what's the record? I think I think Badtron will win this only because, you know, I got the inside scoop. But, but You saw the show notes, you mean? I did see a little bit of the show notes. <laughs> I didn't see – I mean, obviously, we don't have an answer till we're here on the show, but I, it does show the stories that we're going to talk about. So I, I think Goodtron maybe – they got out to a hot start. They won three in a row oh. or maybe two in a row. Then Alpine came and just <laughs> dumped on them. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't alone. It was pretty bad. Uh, and then last week, it was actually a tie. Last ah, week ended in a tie. So, so it's still up. Yeah, it's still up. And the, the price of Tron's actually been doing pretty well for how bad everything else has been doing. But yeah. So good Tron, bad Tron this week. Typically, we do grab these stories from Justin Sun's Twitter. This week, though, um, another benefit of being in the Roundtable Telegram, we got a couple... Uh, questions and insights from guys in our telegram group the first one here is from anthony hugh um he's in our group he said hey guys does anyone here trade on trans tra- uh transcon tronscan.org on their decks so this is the tron decks uh, if you're familiar with eos this is very much like new decks mm. uh and if he said if so has anyone experienced any of the coins pairing just suddenly disappearing and being delisted he said he was trading tron candy uh, ticker symbol TRZ last night at 1.30 a.m. And it was gone at 2 a.m. with no notice or anything. Oh, wow. So I looked into it and I went over to the um, the tronscan.org website for the decks. And I actually have traded on this before. Um, and the one thing I noticed, too, was that win token had actually been taken off and, I guess, delisted. And I was curious about it. I, uh, as we said last week, I really like win token. If you go to win token games, they have one, some of the better dApps. They've got... They're working on like five or six games now, mm. uh, and they've got them all listed pretty neatly on their on their landing page there. But oh yeah, and, and Q's taking I'm a look at, at it right, right now. I'll bring it up on the screen. They've got they're coming out with Plinkos coming soon. Mm. Um, the Fruits, which is going to be like a slot machine, and then Crypto uh, Racer Ooh. by Tron. So I'm excited to see what that's going to be about. So I looked into the, the this delisting thing a little bit for you, Anthony, and. When I noticed Win Token was delisted, I went into the Win Token Telegram to see if there was any news on that side of things. And it turns out that the Win Token admins actually announced that the reason they got delisted from this Tron Dex is because they didn't want to pay the listing fee anymore. Ooh. So it wasn't that they got delisted involuntarily, but they actually just want, didn't want to pay the fee. So the same thing could have happened with Tron Candy. Maybe there's some residual fee that Tron. Um, is taking or that this Tron scan is taking from all the people that are listing. And when in their statement said that instead of paying the listing fee on this DEX, maybe they're not seeing enough volume, uh, they would rather just put that money back into the games that they're developing, which I think is kind of a, a decent move for, for Win Token or any other DAP developer. Hmm. Did So did they get listed and then this DEX retroactively go back to them and say, hey, you didn't pay the fee? I don't think that's what happened. I think that they are paying a residual fee. So mm. instead of just paying a one-time fee and then being listed forever, maybe there's like a monthly uh, or maybe it's maybe at the end of the year, Tron's going to up the fee and they didn't feel like paying that. Got I'm, it, I'm not 100% it. sure, but hmm. it, it does show, um, at least in the win community, that they knew, they chose to get delisted because of some fee rather than just getting you know cut off for no reason or for some shady activity. Interesting, interesting. So uh, I hope that makes Anthony feel a little better. Yeah, so basically you're going to apply the same thing to this win token. Like you think that the Tron Candy decided, hey, that's, we're not going to Yeah, and, and I don't know. Listed. I didn't look into the Tron Candy telegram. That's what mm. would be my suggestion is go look at the Tron Candy telegram and see what people are saying. But I would imagine seeing multiple tokens get delisted at the same time mm. um, shows something on behalf of the DEX and not those particular tokens. Okay. Is is that the only DEX or is that the only place to exchange Tron tokens? Or mm, I don't know. That's a good question. I'll have to look into that. Um, maybe I'll have an answer for you. Maybe people in the comments or people in the Telegram will have answers for that. I'm sh- I think there is another one, but that's the main one. That's the one that uh, connects to the the Tron scan wallet and mm. you can do the super representative voting and stuff like that. That's a nice picture. Mm, yep. <laughs> Look, it says, be- it says Dex right there. Yeah. That's, that's the Dex announcement for them. So they, is this, I think there's another Dex coming out. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not hundred percent sure. 
people are going to call me an idiot on yeah, the podcast. That's, on. that's totally fine. But <laughs> so, all right, we're we're in the middle of Good Tron, Bad Tron. Okay. Are you saying? Are you calling this Good Tron or Bad Tron? What's your What's your take on this? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call Bad Tron just because there needs to be a little bit of more transparency right. in how they're listing and delisting projects. Right. Um, yeah. Why? Like, why do we have to do a go around to figure out what the hell is going on mm-hmm. with this? Um, I agree with you. I do think that's Bad Tron. So let's move up uh, to the next one here. We have Dave, another guy from the Roundtable Telegram. Dave, big shout out to you. You've been kind of the one of the Tron fans in our group. Uh, he said, "New to the chat, so if I missed the discussion, sorry. What's the best voting strategy?" Uh, good trod bad tron on voting rewards to buy votes so Mm. if you guys aren't sure um and he gave us a link to a website called token goodies which i'll bring up on the screen for you guys right now if you guys aren't 100 percent sure um about how tron super representative voting works unlike eos where you can't be um incentivized to vote in tron it's the exact opposite it's all incentivized incentivization to vote so you actually, what you do is you freeze your Tron tokens, and then you actually vote for super representatives and then get paid a dividend depending on how you voted. Mm. So if you take a look at this website, Token Goodies. So you um, stake? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so uh, on Token Goodies here, if you take a look, mm. it has your votes up in the top right. So on yours queue, it says 10,000 because it's the first time you're on the website. Got it. You can change that to whatever number you want, and it will actually show you each um super representative and what their reward would be for one day or for one cycle so i have a million tron right now that if i were to stake that um it would show that intergalactic gaming the first one that comes up 219 tron uh sky people 191 tron it's just showing me hypothetically what i would get Hmm. and sometimes you get um See if in the win token community you can actually get Tron and win token. So, so, so this this again, just like the gambling dApps, this screams security to me. Yes, yes. So is Tron? What? Where are we on whether Tron is trying to? You know, obviously there. This is a security like feature, mm-hmm. but has Justin Sun came out and tried to make Tron a utility token? Has he said anything about that? Where 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 are they with that? <laughs> Knowing Justin Sun, I'm sure he's said it's a utility. Yeah. And, but it seems like a pretty clear-cut security to me. Mm. There is some utility for Tron, I guess, to play the dApps. Okay. Um, and it is the underlying protocol to build things on. Mm. But I think it's very similar to EOS, where you, you, you kind of just have to call it a security. Got it, got at it. At this point. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And this is very similar to the reason Dave brought this up. This is very similar to the dividends thing that you brought up. Because people now... Um, rather than playing the dApps on EOS, are able to just stake their Tron to the super representatives and just earn a dividend through the voting mechanism without having to sit there and play the dApps. Mm, so this is kind of like, uh, it's interesting to see how these two things are kind of emerging side by side with the Tron community mm. doing this voting with the super representatives and the EOS community doing the dApps and the, the mining through the dApps. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of Neo with gas. Although I guess with Neo, you don't have to stake any tokens, correct? You just—it's just like a snapshot almost. I yeah. I, I never held any Neo. Did you? I've held Neo before, and they do just give you like a a little payout depending on how much you have. Okay. So. Hmm, that's that's really interesting. I know EOS was having an issue with some of the Asian block producers, uh, and. W- are we, we fixing some volume issues? No, yeah, there? you're all right. All right, thanks. <laughs> um, they had some issues because, again, you said that EOS doesn't forthcomingly say, hey, you get, you're incentivized to vote. Right. Well, one of the EOS block producers got caught uh, incentivizing their, their vote. I think I remember that, yeah. So that that's a whole scandal, and it's just it's funny to see, not funny, but it's interesting to see Tron come out. And approach it from the complete opposite, opposite. direction yeah and yeah, i, and I like it i like that like i i don't want to get into trouble with the sec and all that stuff but <laughs> like it's a free market man like, well yeah that's the that was my initial thought too was they're doing it like a free market where it's if you're going to incentivize people like let's just be out front with mm-hmm. it and be be open and make it an actual competition my one concern with this though is you could be a total shit super representative that's doesn't plan on adding anything to the community but just because you have the best incentive model mm. people are going to vote for you and keep you in power Got and it. so that's i think eos was trying to get away from that whereas tron is embracing that and again i'm not saying that's necessarily a good or a bad thing although i guess it is good tron bad tron so we're gonna have to weigh <laughs> in on it eventually um but it is interesting to see that dichotomy between tron and eos so, so what do you think good tron bad tron 
Um, I'm going to say this is good Tron. Uh, I want to just see kind of how this plays out. I'm going to play around with it a little bit. Maybe I'll test the waters with some of my own and see kind of how this works. Um, but again, I, I don't know. We'll have to continue to keep an eye on it and see how this is working, how, how the payouts are going to go, uh, and see if this will actually lead to super representatives representing in a super way or mm. just being total dicks but paying people. So general question, as you've gotten more into the Tron you know, ecosystem, community, all this stuff, what, what has been your general feel of Tron? Like it, at the start of your journey, what have you learned since the start of your journey into Tron to yeah. sitting here right now? Um, <clears throat> well, it's interesting because the whole reason we started Good Tron, Bad Tron was because I wanted to be objective. Mm. I didn't want to just be this Tron shill that's just constantly saying Tron is good and everything that's negative about it is FUD. I want to be upfront with people and say that there are bad aspects of this and there are obviously issues with the way that the, their token economics are, as the Alpine guys said, mm. uh, their announcements of announcements, their total shilling of stupid celebrity endorsements <laughs> and acting like Jack Ma and Justin Sun are best friends and just being shady with certain things. So that's kind of the reason that I got started was I wanted to talk about Tron because I was intrigued at how well the dApps on the platform worked. Mm. But at the same time, there's still kind of that bad taste in people's mouths with the whole, you know, ripping off the Ethereum white paper and the rollout was kind of a stumble out Got it. for lack of a better term. So it's been interesting to see it. I think Tron has a really good community, which is one of the positives. Mm. They've got some of the best, some of the best, some of the best dApp developers uh, with WinToken, I mean, you saw that that interface they have. They've got multiple games going on. Um, so, I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens. I do think that their token supply is way blown out of the water. And I just, I what don't, do you mean? I need to learn more. Like, their their total supply is massive. Oh, okay. And they talk about doing token burns where um, if, you, if you use, so you have a certain amount of bandwidth with got it. Tron. And unlike EOS where you have to stake to get your CPU, with Tron, you can just use your bandwidth, um, I guess, from the super representatives. Again, I need to look into it more to figure out how it works. I'm still kind of navigating this from the beginning. But if you run out of bandwidth and then you begin uh, interacting with the blockchain, sending people it or playing a a Tron dApp, you'll actually run – they'll actually start charging your account. But Mm. what Tron does is actually burn those tokens instead of giving them – Taking them from and you. And putting them in like a Tron them. wallet or something like that. Yeah, at okay. least that's what I've read and what I understand now. Could be wrong, um, but I need to, again, do a little bit more research. DYOR out there, folks, and definitely feel free to comment on either the Telegram or the YouTube and tell me I'm wrong because we're all about education around Yeah, here. we're trying to learn, man. And I think, you know, you taking a deep dive into Tron is going to help everyone, right? Right. It's, it's, it's trying to... S- it's trying to take all of this information and con- condense it to something digestible. So yeah, and, and I want to. I was actually considering doing maybe like a mini series looking at the super representatives because there's not a lot of information out there about these people, hmm. and some of them are just individuals who hold a lot of Tron. Who, I guess, you apply to be a super representative, or if you have enough Tron, you can kind of just buy your way into it. Hmm. Um, so I need to I need to do some research on that and maybe do a mini series giving like a four to five minute talk on what the super representative is, who it is, where they're from, what they plan to do. Because I think that's information that the market needs right now. Absolutely, man. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the final one. This is going to be the tiebreaker. Um, and so what is it? One one right now It is one one. So this is another announcement. Um, this is not what we talked about last week with the whole Tron DAP accelerator. But this is an additional Tron announcement coming out. It's called Tron Arcade. And this is a $100 million USD gaming fund. Mm. Um, this is this was announced almost right around the same time as the Tron um, Accelerator here. Mm-hmm. And if you look on the website, pretty much just looking into getting more game developers to go on to Tron, uh, kind of comparing, their sel- comparing themselves against Ethereum and against EOS, and, uh, you know, just trying to get people to come in and apply. So I was messing around on the Tron Discord, talking to some developers. A lot of people really excited about this, looking into 
um, you know, how to apply. There's, you know, big, apparently going to be some advisors listed. I would bet you a million dollars that Justin Sun is one of the advisors mm-hmm, on here. Mm-hmm. Um, partner network stuff coming soon. So not a whole lot of information here. Yeah. But the big number that everybody cares about is that 100 million USD at the what, top. What's at, what's at the bottom there? Uh, convert your solidity DAP or build directly on Tron. So yeah, this is um, interesting. This is talking about, I guess you could convert your Solidity DAP, which is the Ethereum-based programming language. Mm. Uh, so if you're running an Ethereum DAP already, you could convert into Tron and potentially get some get some money to yeah. back you. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Why Why do you think it's so funny that we we're getting into these? Uh, I think in 2017 you had one Ethereum, but. Uh, that was doing things with smart contracts and ICOs and, you know, had an obvious use case. But now that EOS is fully off and running or at least out of the gates and then Tron is starting, why do you think we keep coming back to these gaming and gambling stuff? You know, like that, like we're talking about like protocols and the one thing that keeps coming up, gaming, gambling. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think maybe it, maybe the... We've talked about this a little bit before on the show too. I think there, it's maybe it's twofold, and the first reason is because it's easier to exemplify the power of your blockchain with these quick transactional type things. Mm. So if you have a gambling game, it's the hand is dealt, the game is over, or the dice are rolled, the game is over, start a new game. And so these are the very early iterations because they want to show how quickly they can do these transactions. But ultimately, I'm still hoping that this is just phase one because I remember playing doge gambling games really very similar to the dice games back in 2013 2014 yeah there used to be like doge wheel or something and it was very similar to these dice games and that's been out for a long time Hmm. and so i think that these protocols come out and it's kind of just a natural progression but the problem has been with previous blockchains the the scalability hasn't allowed them to move on to the next stage Mm. so these are the building blocks the foundation and once they once they can prove that they've gotten over the scalability and the usability issues, um, that will be when we start to see actual good games. Like EOS Knights, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. That's a pretty decent game right now. I downloaded it. I started it. Didn't didn't really get into it, but I told Pete that I would uh, Pete Key. Pete Key. Key. <laughs> but uh, I told Pete that I would get back into it and you know give it a review. Uh, yeah, I mean, EOS is doing great things. This, the same thing happened uh, with them. They had Activision. I think it's called Mythical Games. Yeah, yeah. That was another big announcement. Yeah, so these are the, – and they're all gaming announcements, and I think it has a lot to do with adoption. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's it. a lot of the same. You're going to get a lot of uh, – like if there's a Venn diagram of people who like games and people who like crypto, there's going to be a big <laughs> – part of in the Huge middle in the, yeah because it's a lot of it is already when you play games you're already used to dealing in virtual currency you're used to digital assets digital assets and and having an online community so mm. i think there's a lot of overlap there and i think it works there's just that synergy yeah that's that's really that's a really good point so what do we got here good tron bad tron this that, is the final decision if they can follow through on it obviously what we saw was a pretty rudimentary website i mean they had a lot of coming soon right but if they can follow through on it obviously a hundred million dollars into tron the tron ecosystem is not a bad thing Can't be a bad thing no so uh if they can follow through justin sun well i guess it's not justin sun but if tron can follow through good tron all right so good tron wins it this week bang bang and uh i think that just about is going to wrap it up for our section here mm. we've got a um a little uh interview coming in it's uh shiv madan he is the founder of a little uh, ticket. It's actually for ticket di- distribution, ticket sales for events. Mm. Uh, it's called Block Party. Block Party. Party. Yeah. So we're going to have Shiv on here momentarily, and we'll get to it with him. And uh, that'll that'll wrap it up for this week, huh? Yep. I think that's it, man. I think you killed this segment, as always. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll move on. Yeah. See you guys later. Well, in like two seconds. Cheers. All right, so without further ado, we are here with Shiv Madan. He is the founder and CEO of Block Party. Shiv, how are you? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? We're good, man. I think we're good. Yeah. yeah. We're having a good time. Glad to have you. Thank you. So, Shiv, Q and I are interested. Uh, you know, We had a question for you before we got deep into the project that you're working on. How did you personally end up 
working in the blockchain space? I mean, are you the type of guy who was a Bitcoiner back in 2012? Maybe you know Satoshi personally, or are you more of a, you know, working on the traditional stack and moved into the blockchain space more recently? So I got involved in 2015, uh, introduced by a friend of mine who had a consulting company that did, uh, you know, a lot of blockchain consulting. He brought me on a project that that he was doing, and I, I just became fascinated at that point with blockchain and then sort of you know, researching more into it, I, I started understanding more about Bitcoin and, and really just dive, dive deep in from there. So how does your history with, uh, you know, events and uh, things like that, how does that tie in to uh, your now experience in the blockchain? And how, how, how did you eventually get to the point where you have Block Party, which is, you know, using and utilizing the blockchain for things like event tickets and, and that Yes, I, I mean, when it, it all coming up, culminated at around the same time, I uh, I was part owner of a music festival, you know, it, it's sort of uh, 20,000 people, um, you know, it, it really didn't go that well from a ticketing standpoint, I mean, there was lots of uh, fake tickets, you know, PDF printouts, people coming in, and then the same PDF, you know, printout coming in, um, you know, moments later, it was lots of just challenges, and I you know, after I had learnt about blockchain from my friend, I'm sort of, um, I, I immediately saw it. I, I realised that there was a use case here for for solving all of those problems, and I actually wrote a business plan um, early 2015 um, and tried to to shop it around Silicon Valley. And I it was it was way too early, I think. Um, and then I, it, it was sort of around the same time that I started understanding, um, you know, more about cryptocurrencies, and then. Um, really it took me a while to piece it all together uh but i was uh, i got involved in another startup uh, in between and then jumped back into it in 2017 um you know once that other startup had um had done well now shiv you guys are pretty much fully launched as far as we can tell you've got the both the ios and the android apps on the the app stores can you walk me through a little bit how it works from from my perspective, uh, if I wanted to download the app and purchase tickets or go to one of these events, yeah. So uh, you know, we would we really had a goal to to deliver a, a basic product quickly. Um, so we we did our token sale, you know, uh, by March. You know, at the same time we'd released a product, um, you know, by March. So we did a, a sort of a, an alpha test at Ultra at um, Ultra Music Festival. But the, the intent was really just to have the core blockchain functioning where we could have, um, you know, your digital identity um, being used to, to, to associate your ticket with your identity, but anonymized, and then just being able to enter into the gate. So that was our basic functionality. And then underlying that, we had our tokens being used um, um, to sort of enable the, that transaction. So it wasn't really at the top. So you, you, you sort of, you can still purchase with, with fiat, um, at the moment, but it, it's really a way that we think is going to um, sort of enable adoption without necessarily disrupting, you know, the common user's, uh, you know, ability to um, interact with the app. So essentially, you would just go onto an app like like you would uh, an Eventbrite or a, a Tixer, and then uh, just buy a ticket um, with the Stripe integration. Um, you could buy, you know, via you know you, Bitcoin or Ethereum. And then we'll be enabling, um, you know, our box token to be used as, uh, to to purchase tickets and get discounts, um, you know, in the coming months. I think digital identity is such a a big topic right now within blockchain and just in general. I'm interested to see how that integrates with uh, what you have going on within this app. How how does how does the digital identity aspect work, essentially? Yeah. So uh, I mean, the problem that we saw was that. You know, you can issue a ticket, you know, short on the blockchain, but then how do you make sure that that ticket is associated with uh, the user, no matter how many times that ticket's been transferred from user to user? So if, uh, you know, I I receive a ticket from you, um, you know, even though it's transacted on on the blockchain, we have this... um, if we have this tri- ticket that's on the blockchain, how do I know that that, how does the event operator know that that's me? So we just tried to, we sort of have it in two stages of, of development. The initial stage was just using your touch ID or facial recognition scan on the phone and then sort of taking the data from that uh, because we don't get that that raw data, taking the data from that and then 
um, associating that encrypted hash with the ticket. So when when the ticket's transferred from you to me, uh, it deattaches that encrypted hash, that that digital fingerprint, and then it uh, attaches the new digital fingerprint onto the ticket. Uh, so w- we made it pretty simple, but in the end, I mean, what we'd love to be able to do is um, use uh, a, an actual facial recognition scan, you know, from say your, your PC or, or Mac, and then um, and then have that de- decrypted essentially with a facial recognition scanner at the gate. So it becomes much more simple without necessarily giving up that facial recognition data. Um, we've already got that sort of available as a tool, but we haven't implemented it. It's it's still not something that users want to use, and it's it's a lot more complicated to execute at the gate. So mm. we think that with the touch ID and the facial recognition scan on the phone is the easy way to to get user adoption. Now, how does that work if you have a ticket that you buy for a concert or for a venue event, and you uh, say I say I bought a ticket for a concert and I couldn't go anymore and I wanted to give it to Q because I'm a nice guy and occasionally I do things for the the disadvantaged. So wow. how can I how could I give him the ticket if we're doing it based on identity like that? So I mean, you go into the app. Um, you know, it it gives you the option to 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 transfer or resell the ticket. Uh, you click on the transfer button. It it sends a, an SMS uh, message to to Q. He gets the message. He clicks on it. Downloads the app. If he doesn't have it, if he already has it, he just enters in that that um, code. And that code is related to the ticket. So it's a simple transfer. Um, if there's a transfer fee associated with that, like if you're if you're charging him an extra ten percent uh, and you're you're making money on the transaction, you can enter a price as well. So you can actually um, either resell it or or just transfer it. Like you might buy five to ten tickets for your friends and then distribute them and not charge them, or you could charge them an extra ten percent for the privilege. Now, because I'm so disadvantaged, I need to know about the rewards <laughs> that go along with this app. How, how, do, the, how do the rewards right. work? So uh, there, there's two phases of, of reward um, sort of uh, integration that that we have planned. The first integration was just basically um, if you promote an event, um, you earn a reward. If you purchase a ticket, you earn a reward. Uh, you know, really simple sort of reward mechanism. Uh, and that, if you see in the app, there's a, a sim- just a circle which indicates with the number within that is the number of rewards that you have, and you can essentially cash that out, uh, you know, uh, you know, into into box tokens, uh, you know, at a certain threshold. But uh, over time, we would introduce more uh, more rewards uh, depending on what the event operator or the venue is interested in doing, and then have it customizable by the event operator when. We sort of step away and and, and let them, um, you know, f- uh, operate on their own, you know, in a decentralized kind of manner. You salivating over there, Q? Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> Rewards. So, you ready? So Shiv, you had mentioned <laughs> that there was the ability to actually resell the tickets through your platform, potentially for you know some sort of fee, uh, an increased fee from where you would buy it originally. Uh, but I know that with with big events. Uh, maybe you know the tickets are are selling out hot. One of the biggest issues out there is bots who come in and purchase a large amount of tickets with only the intention to resell them at a premium price. Now, are you guys going to sort of embrace that and allow that market to take over, or is this going to be something that you've worked on uh, getting rid of on your platform? So I think with the with the digital identity and being able to only access the ticket purchased through your phone, uh, we sort of created a layer of complexity for a bot to, to enter into the into the system and actually purchase. Um, you know, large volumes of, I mean, you know, you've got ten fingers and you've got ten phones. Maybe you can buy a hundred tickets over time, but you're not going to be able to get them quickly unless you've really built a you know a relatively complex system. I mean, versus what they have right now. Um, so I think it, it, that layer of complexity makes it challenging for bots to be able to access. I mean, our intention is not to support, um, you know, bots and, and second secondary market brokers that buy out tickets and then resell them at a huge markup. I mean, we want to have the secondary um, platform, you know, within the ecosystem and then every secondary ticket transfer happening within the block party ecosystem so that um, we can set within the smart contract the price cap so when you transfer it to q you only get the 10 percent markup as a max as a as a initial 
um, price that we set, um, the venue or the artist or the initial issuer of the ticket can actually reset that. So it, it would be something that they can say, hey, well, we want to make a 50% markup in secondary on every transfer. But at a point when we introduce the, a reputation mechanism, their reputation is going to go down, you know, for having um, all these, you know, consistently marked up tickets. So, I mean, the, when the when the ecosystem is fully developed and, and we we step away, hopefully, and, and the system operates on its own, um, you know, we really want the users to be able to set the reputation for anyone who's sort of acting in a in a sort of non-transparent manner. Now, in order for the app to, or I guess the function to work, uh, like let's say there's an event here at PNC Park. Does PNC Park need to be, uh, they need to be the ones that affirm that this is going to be used at this event, or is it the actual artist? Uh, how does that work with, uh, you know, getting the app to actually function at, at a certain event? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the ticketing industry is complex, and, and there's lots of, big advances being paid to venues or to to festivals or to sports teams for uh, long-term primary ticketing contracts. Where where the contracts don't necessarily uh, work are in the secondary market. So the StubHub, sort of Vivid Seats kind of market or Viagogo kind of marketplace. And and really our goal is to, to solve the secondary market problem, the fake tickets, the bots, the, the scalpers, the, you know, the fraud. Uh, and that mostly happens in secondary. It, it rarely happens in primary. You do get the, the bots buying them up, but their intention is to really get the tickets into secondary where they can wreak havoc. Um, so um, we really want to focus on fixing the secondary problem. That means that we have to go and become a partner with the primary ticketer. So we go to PNC Park and we say, okay, well, we'd like to be your secondary ticketing partner. So there is a sort of you know, to some degree, a centralized function where we have to go out and build that business. But once we have enough users on the platform, we we would look to be able to, you know, incentivize them through, uh, you know, tokenized mechanisms or you know, rewards that they would they would get for actually participating in the protocol. But yeah, so, we have to go out in there and and build that business. So tell me a little bit about some of the events you guys have done so far, and then maybe you can give us a sneak peek of some events you've got coming up, and maybe you could even send QRI a ticket, mm. maybe. Yeah, just me. Yeah. <laughs> and you can transfer it. Yeah, uh, yeah. there it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So we had a, you know, we really wanted to demonstrate a, an end-to-end use case, and, and uh, in a situation where we're unproven, we wanted to make sure that we weren't inhibited in the way that we could prove, you know, our capabilities. So we co-produced our own festival uh, in September in Miami. It was called Best Life Festival. Had two sort of Billboard, you know, chart-topping headliners. Uh, it's an R- it was an R&B festival, and we had 4,000 4, or so people turn up. Um, you know, primary ticketing, resale tickets, and then fan rewards. Um, and so that that went down really well. We had super fast transaction speeds. You know, we've sort of built our own kind of lightning-esque, uh, you know, network because, you know, when you have 100,000 people coming through a gate, you, you really have to be able to, you know, sidechain and batch process uh, to be able to uh, enable the transactions to happen quickly and not break down and also, um, you know, not increase, you know, have high gas prices when you have transactions uh, on the Ethereum network. So we, we had to build that um, as a sort of workaround and end up, you know, becoming quite a good system. Um but we, uh, yeah, we're really pleased with how the the primary and secondary ticketing transactions happened. I think the fan rewards um, to really enable um, fans to get excited about the reward programs, we uh, would need to market that more. So I think that's one of the things that we we really want to develop on the next on the next festival. We have a festival uh, that we're ticketing coming up um, in January. It's more of a trap. You know, uh, sorry, in February it's more of a trap festival in the same area, Miami. Got some really, really big headliners. Um, You're that a big are, trap guy, Q. Yeah, we and we love Miami. Yeah, exactly. Hey. This, this is working out perfectly. You're in. <laughs> so feel free uh, to yeah. send us tickets, Chip. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get you guys down. That'll be fun. I, uh, I we did some digging, uh, obviously, uh, about the project, and yeah. we're looking, you know, through your social media, and saw that you were actually on Yahoo Finance, and you know, you d- you did more than hold your own there. So I want to know what that experience was like. How how was it being on Yahoo Finance and kind of telling you the story? On Nasdaq as well, oh, I believe. 
He's all over. Uh, He's makeup. your all star. You made us it's nervous. All, it's all about the makeup. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, I told you we need a makeup they, person on this set, Q. They, they uh they made me do the makeup. Yeah, that was a bit weird. But uh, you know, in general, yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, I've sort of I've done a uh, you know, I've been put in front of a couple of shows now, so um I'm sort of getting used to it. But it's modest. You guys are you guys are nerve wracking. <laughs> did they uh, understand blockchain? Did they did they get it or were they hounding you with certain questions that you could just tell, you know, they didn't have a clue? No, the guy uh one of the interviewers on the left hand side, he was a you know, bit of an OG. He had been around since two thousand twelve, you know, got his first Bitcoin early. So uh, you know, rel- or relatively early, I think um so he was uh you know, asking me some pretty good questions before the show. So I was I was kind of happy to speak to someone who you know, got it. They, they were more of a they were more of a pro crypto audience. Um it wasn't really, you know, some of the other people I've um had interviews with it where they're like, why blockchain? You don't need blockchain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, SQL database would be just fine and all that kind of stuff. So it's it sort of it was fun to it was fun to be able to talk to people who actually got it. They just had to overlay the Bitcoin chart yeah. while you guys were talking. <laughs> That's what I, was, I was just looking at the interview there. It seems like it happened. That took place pretty recently. Um, the, so I guess I guess then the Yahoo we'll was ask this you. Morning. It was this morning, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, it was just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've still, still got the makeup on, you know, so I'm good. Oh, that's uh, why you look so good. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. See, we're right up there with Yahoo, man. Mm-hmm. We got the same same guy, same lineup. So. We actually got the exclusive time slot. Yeah. The afternoon time slot. <laughs> We've got slot. the prime time when people are actually watching. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I guess then we're, we're uh, you know, we have to ask, uh, being that it seems like they were talking to you about some chart action, some price action. You know, what are your thoughts overall on the way that this whole year has gone it's been a steady decline. A bubble has popped. Some people would say. Uh, and what do you see for 2019 moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I and I'll, I'd probably say the same thing that I, I, you know, been saying um, a little bit. But I, I think 2017 was a year of, of you know, crypto coming out of the, you know, from the shadows and really, um, you know, capturing the public's attention. And I think that's, you know, it it was overbought, you know, for sure. Um, but it was good. It was good to get, you know, people who didn't really understand it, you know, to buy, you know, Bitcoin and, and now they're owners and now they're underwater. Now they're hodlers, uh, you know, they're, they're forced, <laughs> they're forced hodlers. So we've got more people in the market and I'm happy about that. I think 2018 is the year of, um, you know, how is this actually going to work in real life? Um, you know, how are we going to scale? How are we going to, um, you know, get get through regulation. How are we going to get um, you know a lot of things sorted out that um, you know sort of the real world or the or the mass the mass adoption world. You know how how they would think about it. You know UX. Um, you know real use case, not just um, you know ideas. Getting beyond the white paper and getting into um, you know building. So I think 2018 was that kind of you know how's this going to work year. I think. To, in my mind, 2019, you know, first half at least is going to be the same thing, um, you know, and I'm, and maybe maybe we don't stay at the 4,000 level, but you know, I I sort of, I'm hopeful that 2000, you know, end of 2019, we're really going to um, see a lot of those issues be resolved, um, you know, maybe the creation of a security token market, you know, and the utility token market resides you know, happily in parallel, um, you know, and. You know, we can really see 2019 um, end of year become like that that pivotal moment where it takes off. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've talked in the office uh, that 2019. You know, we have to sh- we have to show as a community that there are apps that work, there are DApps that work. Yeah. This is the year of development uh, past the ideas, like you just said. So, yeah, I mean, it starts with having apps that 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 people want and and need to use. So. Uh, I'm excited to, you know, download Block Party and, and see, uh, you know, once an event gets near us or maybe we can hop on a flight to Miami. I'll yeah. go to Miami. <laughs> no, <laughs> see ship sends us our tickets. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you. We'll definitely get you down there. It'll be fun. Um, That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah that'd 12, be great. It'll be a bigger one as well. I think it'll be like 12,000 people. So it'll be a good festival. Wow. Um, yeah, should be now, fun. We'll just... Shiv, when people are using the mobile app, um, you know, kind of kind of to play into what you said about 2019 and really delivering and making these things uh, smooth with UI and UX. Is, is it 
would they even know that they were using a blockchain app or would it be pretty much like a typical ticket buying experience for them? It's a it's a typical ticket buying experience. I mean, they see these rewards accumulating in their in their wallet section of the app, and and they might not know what that means until we offer them a discount to something else or get them, you know, some benefits. But we we really try to, uh, we're really trying to capture that mass that mass market. And I think making it complicated and you know having them have to enter their, you know, their hash or their private keys, you know, to to be able to access things. I think it's that that kind of complexity is is um uh, it's not it's not really going to you know capture those users so we we tried to make it super simple like you know like going on eventbrite or um you know or the old ticket fly app i mean I, I think that that was the kind of experience that we wanted to give them great anything else q no i think he you know i think he answered the questions that i had uh I mean, it seems like you guys are headed in the right direction with everything that you're doing. Having uh, something built that beats a lot of the projects that uh, we list here at ICO Alert. And, Whoa. <laughs> um, and I like that you guys, you know, not only did you do uh, a token, uh, a, not only did you raise funds, but you built a pro, uh, platform at the same time. Yeah, so it's awesome. We really appreciate that. And seeing something that can be built and has smooth UI, UX. Um, you know, that's, we need way more of that in the space. So Shiv, I guess I got one more question to ask you before we wrap it up here. Where can the people go to find out more about the platform? How can they get their hands on this? Goblockparty.com, geoblockparty.com. Um, we, you know, we have a lot of information there. You can, you can flick through our smart contract audit if you want to get into that level of detail and our white paper, or you can just buy a ticket. Um, you know, it's all, it's all there. Um, we, um, yeah, and just download the app. I mean, we've got a new version of the app, uh, you know, Smoother UX coming out uh, in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, just uh, download that too and, and just get the update and buy a ticket. Just check it out. Well, there you have it. Shiv Madang, CEO, co-founder, the man of the hour. Goblockparty.com. Check it out for yourself. Download the app. Available on the App Store and Google Play. Shiv, it's been a pleasure, man. Hey, thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it, and hopefully see you in Miami. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Cheers. Right. See ya.